A historic property brings Kendall to Gabe's small Colorado town, but can anything he says convince her to stay? Find out in Carla Loriano's new book, Provenance. Kendall Green is an interior designer with an uncanny ability to discover the provenance of any piece. Despite all her hard work, her business is struggling. But an unexpected inheritance might offer a timely solution. A grandmother she never knew left Kendall property in a tiny Colorado town. Young Mayor Gabe Brandt is desperate to save his small town of Jasper Lake from a developer who wants to turn it into a summer resort. When he learns that one of the town's most prominent former citizens left her property to her granddaughter, Gabe is sure he can enlist Kendall to his cause. Until Gabe realizes she knows nothing of her own history. In order to save his beloved town, Gabe must first help Kendall unravel the truth of her own provenance. And Kendall must learn that in order to embrace the future, sometimes you have to start with the past. Provenance by Carla Loriano is available wherever books or ebooks are sold. Or visit Tyndale.com. That's T-Y-N-D-A-L-E dot com for more information about this Christian contemporary romance. Provenance by Carla Loriano is available now. Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. Joining us today is Liz Johnson. By day, Liz Johnson is a marketing manager. She makes time to write late at night. That's when she thinks best anyway. Liz is the author of more than a dozen novels, a New York Times bestselling novella, and a handful of short stories. She's a Christie Award finalist and a three-time ACFW Carroll Award finalist. She makes her, fo- her home in Phoenix, Arizona, where she enjoys exploring local musical theater, or no, local music, comma, theater. <laughs> It's a little different. It's a little different. All of the above. All of the above. Okay, good. Phew. <laughs> and doting on her nieces and nephews, she writes stories of true love filled with heart, humor, and happily ever after. Thank you so much for joining us, Liz. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Today, we are talking about Beyond the Tides, which mm-hmm. just released this week. Um, it is book one of a new series set on Prince William Island. Prince, geez, I can't talk right now. Prince Edward <laughs> Island. It's not Prince William. Funny fact, I live in Prince William for county. Oh. So that's where that triggered. That when I start saying sense. Prince, I go William. So Prince Edward Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write the story and what the series is going to be. Sure. So I first visited Prince Edward Island in 2010 and I fell in love and I never planned on writing books set there. And then I had so much fun uh, writing about it and having a good excuse to go back that um, I just kept writing there because there's something really magical about the island. Like there's, they call it the gentle island because there's this kind of slower pace to life. The story I love to tell is that my mom and I, on our first trip, we were driving along this little two-lane road up along the North Shore, and uh, all of a sudden, my mom yells, stop, and I was driving, and I was like, well, what, what's going on, and she's like, look at that house, and there's like this giant house, it's like a castle, it's got turrets, it's like, it's crazy, and I was like, whoa, and she's like, I want to take pictures, and I said, great, And I was like, there's nowhere to pull off the road. I'm just going to stop in the middle of the road. Mom gets out. She takes pictures. Nobody comes along. Nobody cares that we're stopped in the middle of the road. And for me, that is like the essence of PEI is like that you can be 
still and be alone and like actually have quiet. And I live in, in a city where, you know, there's a fire station just down the road from me. So I hear um, fire trucks all the time and um, I'm thankful for them. They're doing great work, uh, but it's not especially quiet. And so there's something about PEI that is just this opportunity to be still and to find peace that um, that I have just always appreciated. So I loved um, returning to PEI. I had written a, a previous series, uh, the Red Door Inn series set on PEI. And so uh, when it came time to talk about a new series, I said, can I go back? I want to go back. And my editor was like, I think that's a great idea. And I said, good. So um, yeah, so my new series is about the three Ross brothers. Uh, the first, um, the oldest brother is Eli, the middle brother is Oliver, and the youngest is Levi. And um, 10 years before the start of the first book, their father left. Um, he left their family. He turned his back on everything that he knew. He, um, he stole from his employer. He, like, he just left in a mess. And he left a mess behind him. He left a lot of debt. He left a lot of pain and anger. And so this series is really about how these three brothers each dealt with that in different ways and um, how they deal with their anger and how they deal with their hurt and their frustration and really their hopes for family because they all long for family, but they when they lost their dad, it was like their, their mom did the best she could to hold them all together. And she did a wonderful job. Uh, but each of them just had to deal with kind of that struggle. And so, um, of course, as special women come into their lives, uh, that, um, that kind of instigates this need to really deal with what happened in the past. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I love it. All right. Narelle, I think, has our next question. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but before I actually ask the question, I'm actually going to read a quote because I've um, it's fun to read quotes occasionally. So um, I'm question, my question relates to spiritual themes in the story. Sure. So um, that's the thing about forgiveness. It's a renewable resource. The act of giving it fills you up to give it again. The more you practice forgiveness, the more you have to give, which I think is a fabulous quote from the book that really sums up the theme of forgiveness in a lot of ways. And this is actually being said in the story by Kyle who's a minor character so they end up on her fishing her father's fishing boat and Kyle mm -hmm. worked for her father for many many years and knows both the hero and heroine in the story quite well mm -hmm. and so probably um, in the story both Meg and Oliver they really struggle with forgiveness mm -hmm. and letting go of grudges so my question is can you expand on the forgiveness theme in the story without giving away too many spoilers <laughs> sure <laughs> sure yeah I mean I think it's fair to say that Meg is a world champion grudge holder um, she has got that impression. Yeah. <laughs> she's been hanging on to hurt feelings for 10 years. And, um, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, as, as someone who uh, believes what the Bible says, that, um, that that's not healthy <laughs> and it's not good. Uh, but I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with. And, um, it is not necessarily something that I personally struggle with, I tend to be that person who's like immediately apologizing. I'm much more an Oliver. I'm much more like, let's make peace. Let's, um, let's uh, solve this. I don't want there to be hurt feelings between us. But I, I know a lot of people and have people in my life who I love dearly that 
that is hard for them to apologize and to um, offer forgiveness when they've been hurt. And so I know that it's something that even believers struggle with. And so for me, it just felt like a really real theme that, um, that people really deal with. And so I really, I wanted to make Meg realistic in that and not just have her be oh, it's no problem that you ruined a science fair project that was going to win me this scholarship and give me an opportunity to pursue my dream of going to an Ivy League school and all of these things that she had in mind for her life. And, um, but ultimately, I think that like, there are usually layers to forgiveness in terms of like layers to hurt. Like, um, it wasn't this one thing that hurt her. That was the thing she could kind of cling to and like identify, this is the way that you hurt me. But throughout the story, she also comes to realize that there are other things going on in her life that, that are so painful that she doesn't know how to deal with them. So she keeps going back to this thing that is easier for her to hold on to. And ultimately, um, I just wanted to tell a story about you know, that said that it's possible to get past grudges, that um, that forgiveness is the better choice, that it does free us, um, that oftentimes we are, you know, like I've heard it said that um, forgiveness is, is the thing that um, frees us from the prison that we're in. And, and we're the ones in the prison, not the person that we can't forgive. And right. so I just really wanted to, um, yeah, I wanted to tell that story of forgiveness, that it, it is worth it. And that ultimately like digging into what is really the source of your pain is probably, and like dealing with that is gonna help, help you deal with feelings of unforgiveness too. Yeah, I really loved how, and I think you've really drawn it out, how it's like an it's like an onion, you're taking off the layers. So as you move through the story, we start off with something that can feel a bit superficial at the beginning, but once you keep reading and keep reading, you just see, wow, there's just so much beneath the surface. Like an iceberg you see above the ocean, but there's all this stuff underneath. And it right. was very much, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a great analogy. Mm -hmm. Valerie, you're up. <laughs> There's no transition over to me. <laughs> so I was really interested in the mentorship aspect. Mm -hmm. um, Meg's parents know how Meg feels about Oliver. Yeah. And yet, uh, and yet both of them have reached out to Oliver mm -hmm. and, and his family. And uh, her dad in particular had uh, hired Oliver to work on his lobster boat, which I don't know if we've really clarified that that's the setting that they're in competition for her dad's business um, yeah. with, as a lobster fisherman. You fish for lobster? Anyway, yeah. they're not fish. Let me think this one. <laughs> So, so he has, Oliver has worked for Meg's dad for a while. I don't remember for exactly how long, but long enough to understand yeah. the business. Definitely yeah. not, not just like last week. Right. Like uh, six or seven years, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so her dad offers Oliver generous terms for buying out this lobster business. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just really curious about how mentorship like have you experienced that kind of a grand mentorship or or what was mm. the what was the uh, background or the trigger for that type of relationship wow wow um Ooh. 
it's, yeah, you know, I, I can't put my finger on one person in my life who has mentored me in that same way, but I can think of a lot of examples of people who saw in me more than I saw in myself. And I think that that's true of Oliver. Um, he, uh, Walt Whitaker, Meg's dad sees in Oliver so much potential and he wants to invest in that. And I just think about like all the times through my writing career where uh, people have invested in me when I didn't feel like I had anything to offer. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, it can, it, in some ways it's my parents. Uh, when I was, um, I had just graduated from college and I had a degree in public relations and I was trying to find a job and I, I got my first job in marketing and it was, it was going fine. Uh, but my mom knew that I wanted to be a writer and her brother told her about this, um, this writing course, uh, Jerry Jenkins owned the Christian Writers Guild. And for a time they had a, a two-year correspondence course. And my mom said, if you want to take that course, your dad and I will pay for it for you. Oh. And I was like, no, I was like, I can't ask you to do that. And she said, I see in you a desire to pursue this. If you want to do this, we'll invest in you. And it was the most like generous moment of my life where it was like, at the time, my parents had just put three kids through college. And I was like, what are you thinking? Like, you know, I'm not sure I'm worth this. I'm not that good of a writer. Mm. Uh, and yet my mom saw in me a desire and potential and, um, and, a, and wanting to get better at my craft. And so she helped me, um, find a way to hone those skills and to grow as a writer. And, um, you know, and here we are, gosh, I took that course back in 2003, 2004. And so, you know, here we are 17, 18 years later and God has clearly used that. So I think really when I looked at Oliver and Walt Whitaker, I just said like, what does he see that no one else can see? What does Walt see that no one else can see in yes. Oliver? And I think that that's a really special gift. I've had a lot of people in my life who have just spoken truth over me and just uh, my best friend is especially good at this. And she will just pull me to the side and say, I just want to speak this over you. And I'm like, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel good enough for that. But the thing is that God is using us, whether we feel it or not, uh, whether we feel like we're worthy of being used or not. And so for me, I think that was really a big part of the story was to see potential in somebody who, who nobody else does. And, um, you know, and it's been a joy of my life to get to be a mentor to, you know, to some up and coming writers. And I, I don't like to use that label because I feel like I'm not like I'm not there yet. I'm not good. At, like I'm not good enough to be the mentor. But um, but I, I started a writer's group when I moved to Phoenix three years ago, and it has grown into this little hub. And there's several who are published and several who aren't. But we keep adding ladies who are who desire to be published, who desire to really um, grow in their craft. And I realized the other, like a few weeks ago, we were meeting and somebody said, oh, whenever Liz talks, be quiet. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And, and they're like, no, you're going to say something wise. And I was like, no, probably not. But I do have, <laughs> you know, more than 10 years of experience in this industry. And, 
and I see in them potential and a desire and I want to help foster that. And so I think that that's a real joy is that mentorship relationship, even if it's not like classified as mentorship, like how you speak into others' lives can make a world of difference. And showing that you believe in them, I think really helps them believe in themselves. And I know, I sure know that like when my parents did that for me, you know, back in 2003, that I, that set me on the road to, you know, to publishing my first book. So here you are. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Beyond the Tides is book number 20. So, you know, it's like, here we are 20 books later, and I can look back on that single event and say, thanks, mom. (laughs) Like, it made a world of difference for me. And you said that she went with you to Prince Edward Island as well, right? Yes. So, so I, I had told my mom, so my mom got me hooked on Anne of Green Gables when I was a kid, you know, as moms do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I watched the movies just, just all the time when I was a kid, from the time I was 12 on probably. And, um, but I had never read the books. And then I went to, to um, college and I worked in Orlando for a semester. I was going to school in Arizona. So my family, so there one, um, one nearby and I was really lonely. And so I called my mom, would you send me some books? And she said, well, what do you want? And I said, anything, just send me some books. She sent me her cherished Anna Green Gables collection. And it had been like sitting on her bedside for entire childhood. And so I read those all by myself. I was uh, in working at Walt Disney World and it, was like lifeline, this friend that I needed in those, like in a really lonely time in my life. And so anyway, so I told mom when I sold my first book, I would take her to Prince Edward Island to celebrate. And she laughed at me. (laughs) And I'm not sure if it's because she didn't think I would spend my money on her or if it's because she didn't think I was going to get published. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but either way, um, I did get published and I did take her and, um, and we had a wonderful time and it's inspired all these other books. Neat. Yeah. Will we see people from the Red Door Inn series in the, um, Beyond the, what is the, what is the series name for Beyond the, the series? Yeah. It's Prince Edward Island Shores, Shores is okay. the new series. Uh-huh. And, um, I was hoping to include some in the first book but it didn't work out. So you won't see anybody familiar in the first book. Uh, But if all goes as planned, I'm currently writing the second book and some of our dear friends, um, including the Red Door Inn have shown up. (laughs) And so I'm super excited to return there and to check in with just a few of our favorite characters. And of course we won't dive into what's going on in their lives, but it is sure fun to find, you know, little kids running around the inn and, (laughs) you know, things like that. So yeah, very good. All right. So, um, did you two have other questions that were not on our script? Cause if not, we're going to move into the, this or that portion of the mm-hmm. evening, which is always fun. I'm done. All right. I mean, that sounds terrible, but <laughs> you're ready yeah. for this or that. <laughs> yes. There we go. All right. So, so for this or that, Liz, all you have to do is just answer your choice. Okay. You may expound upon your answer if you like to, um, okay. but don't think too hard. We want like okay. a gut response. 
Okay. All right. And there's, there shouldn't be anything scary, but I, oh. I haven't vetted anyone's questions. So <laughs> I'm not actually promising, but I know these ladies well enough to think that there's probably nothing scary. Okay. So All Morel, right. do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So lobster or oysters? Oh, neither. Uh, <laughs> That's not the right answer. No, I know, right? <laughs> I am like the oddball out who um, I don't eat a lot of seafood and I've tried lobster and I thought I would love it and I did not. Uh, but it probably goes back to the fact that I had been out lobster fishing that day and I had held a live lobster. And then when I sat down at dinner and his cousin is like staring me in the eyes, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm probably neither. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm both. So there you go. <laughs> you've, got it, you've got it covered. <laughs> That's outstanding. All right, Valerie. Are you more likely to read a cowboy or a billionaire? Ooh, a cowboy. Thank you. Darn cowboys. <laughs> I mean, not that there was a wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I know that there's an audience for both, but um, me personally, I don't need somebody who is, is drowning in money. I want somebody with a lot of heart. And I find that cowboys have a lot of heart and um, they tend to be gentlemen. And I always like the gentlemen. There you go. Gentlemen who smell like horses. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't smell it in the story. We've right. had this conversation. <laughs> you smell book pages or Kindle. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the resident not cowboy girl, in case you wonder. <laughs> I was picking like, up on picked that. Up on yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So mine is Gilbert Blythe or Mr. Darcy. Oh, Gilbert Blythe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand Mr. Darcy's appeal and I love Pride and Prejudice. Um, but, and I also recognize that Anne of Green Gables is not a romance. And so Gilbert isn't as fleshed out as maybe Mr. Darcy or other romantic heroes. Um, so a lot of people don't like Gilbert Blythe, but he is the most loyal and he's smart. He's so smart, but he doesn't have to be smart by putting Anne down. Like he's smart and builds her up and he's so loyal. He's so, yeah. Oh, he's dreamy. dreamy. <laughs> I would, I would say that of the Anne series, cause my favorite in the series is Anne of Windy Poplars. And uh -huh. he is absolutely a romantic figure in that. I mean, they're already engaged at that yes. point, but yes. I do yeah. see him as a romantic figure in Windy Poplars. Yeah, in the later books. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's yeah. what's so fun about it, the whole end series. Is you actually see the relationship from when they're really young yes. all the way through to their children. So you yes. get the whole sort of life cycle in the yes. series, which is so fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I just thought of a question we should have should have asked. Ask. Um, so the whole, uh, all these books, four yeah. and, and a novella, I believe, in mm -hmm. Southern, Edward Island, and mm -hmm. there is not a single mention of Anne of Green Gables. Can you oh, sure there is. There is there? Oh, th there is, yeah. Yeah, so in, um, uh, in the Red Door Inn, Marie, who's the main character, mm -hmm. she um, escapes her terrible past in Boston, 
And she brings her copy of Anne of Green Gables with her. And that's why she wanted to go to PEI is because she grew up reading this book. And then later when she's decorating the inn, they have a Lucy Maud Montgomery suite where mm -hmm. they, yes, where they have quotes and they have like old copies of the book. I love like a good cloth cover, you know, hardback of, you know, one of the classics and, um, to find a first edition is like ridiculously expensive, you know, circa 1908 or whenever it came out. But um, I think that, uh, yeah. So anyway, so I definitely, I definitely have mentioned Anne and um, I am trying to remember if there's a mention in the new book, I think maybe well, not, I don't but there, remember there will be, there will be in the second book. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause I thought oh. I heard from you or from someone that the uh, Lucy Maud Montgomery establishment wouldn't allow people to use her characters or her fiction. Yes, that is true. That is true. So I can reference the book as a fact, <laughs> as you know, because titles aren't copyrighted. And so I can reference it as this is this is true. There is a book out there called Anne of Green Gables. Um, there is a redheaded orphan that everybody loves and, you know, she's precocious and all this. Um, and so I, I can reference that. What I can't do um, is uh, initially I had worked on, before I wrote The Red Door Inn, I wrote a different story that was also set on PEI that um, had more more inner yeah like anyway it was called um the book was called searching for green gables and they would not let me use that <laughs> so um but as it turned out um nobody wanted to no publishers wanted to publish that book so <laughs> Uh, so then the red door in came around and um and that worked <laughs> excellent excellent yeah. All right. So when will book two in the, you told me, Prince Edward, Edward Island Shores. Shores. Uh -huh. <laughs> when will, when will book two be out? Yeah. Uh, book two comes out August of 2022. Okay. So roughly a year. Apart. About a year. And then book yep. three. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Excellent. All right. Did, um, we're, we're coming close on perfect timing. Did, did we want to do one more round of this or that? real fast before we go. Why not? Because we want to put people on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Narelle. Okay, so my question this time is, would you rather be on a beach in, on Prince Edward Island or a beach in Hawaii? I have never been to Hawaii, but I am guessing I would pick Prince Edward Island every time. I'm not particularly a beach person so much as like I don't like to just sit in the sand on the beach and but I but PEI has all these beautiful like hiking beaches where you can walk and you can explore and um it, they're just stunning so yeah oh and the red rocks on PEI like the views are so varied it's like you'll have sand and you'll have red sand over here and rippled red sand and then you've got these big giant red rocks over here and <laughs> there's just a lot yeah. of variety to to the beach and the shoreline there so yeah. I would pick PEI yeah it's like a hot beach or cold beach yeah. <laughs> yeah. a lot of variety but all of it's red got it yeah <laughs> well there's a couple white beaches too <laughs> All right, Valerie, do you have another? I do. Are you more likely to write a best friend's sibling or falling for the nanny? 
Oh, best friend, sibling. That is my favorite trope. Like hands down, one of my absolute favorite tropes is like falling for your older brother's best friend. Yeah, I, th I think it started because when I was, a, I have an older brother and when I was a kid, I had crushes on all of his friends. They were all around the house all the time and they were super cute and fun. And so, yeah, so definitely, um, yeah, older brother's best friend. Excellent. There yeah. we go. All right. So I started reading your books when you were still writing for LIS. Oh, okay. So um, straight up romance or romantic suspense? Both. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I like both. Um, I, I like that I have done both. Um, I read both. Uh, I like right now, the stories that I have to tell seem to fit more just with contemporary romance. Um, but I, I do like to incorporate a little mystery and um, every now and then I love to throw in, um, you know, like a moment of suspense or something, but uh, an equal balanced romantic suspense. Um, yeah, I haven't done one in a few years, but I always enjoyed writing them. And um, so I, I hope to maybe someday get to write some more. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Um, thank you for this, for coming and for hanging out with us and having a chat. And I, we all enjoyed your book. We all got to read it, which yeah. was lovely. Oh, so wonderful. Thank you, thank you to your publisher for that, because that oh. was lovely of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Yes. Ravel is wonderful. <laughs> can you tell everyone where they can find you in your books and stay on top of news and all of that? Sure. Yeah. So uh, my website is generally up to date and that's at lizjohnsonbooks.com. I have a newsletter that I send out and you can sign up for that on my website, lizjohnsonbooks.com. And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram and sometimes Twitter at lizjohnsonbooks. <laughs> that's nice and convenient. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah. That's all excellent. the same. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much. And if you're listening or watching, we'd love to have you leave a question. If you have a question, um, maybe we can convince Liz to come check the comments after the episode airs, just in yep. case. That'd be lovely if you would. Um, thank you guys for joining us at Story Chats. You can find information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash story chats. And if you're watching on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. In the meantime, we'll see you next week. And don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye Thanks everyone. for having me.